just for the listeners, if you could just explain the process that, it, you know, what it takes from just optioning a show, from seeing something, mm-hmm. ha- you know, I don't think what people happens? realize how much it takes to get that show up there and, and how many people are involved and why, you know, the theater beyond any sort of television. I mean, there's no editing. There's no. It's uh, live. Yeah. Um, and that's why the Tony Awards for me, all the other shows, uh, all the other um, award shows. I'm just like, OK, great, whatever. But the Tony Awards, I mean, the fact that people all over the world can see. Well, I mean, it's um, these people are so talented. So if, could you just like. Say you um, you read a book or you uh, like you went to that show and said, oh, this would make what or you saw something at some tiny little theater or black box there. What had had what is the process for that to then become? Well, it's kind of different for different beginnings. So there are those projects that start from an idea. Right. Uh, In the case of Kinky Boots, it was a small British film. Right. That I saw and optioned the film and then put together, you know, the people that adapted it for stage. Right. Sometimes it's um, reading a story and commissioning someone to write or knowing someone's life like Gloria Stein. Right. Oh, Gloria. What a, oh, it was magnificent. Yes. In that case, um, we commissioned the playwright, Emily Mann to work with Gloria and to write what became the play that's going to go other places yes. too. So in fact, it's going, we closed yesterday yes, sad. after a very um, wonderful run though. And we have ART and uh, the McCarter are the first yes. two productions to happen after now. So that would be great. Yeah. And, I'm, and if you are in that, go see that I, bring, and I'm not just talking about women. It's such an important yeah. It's such an important story. Yeah. And the way the show is, I mean. Well, her life is so amazing. Oh, my God. And for young women, especially yesterday, it was so fabulous. I was sitting there and I was, you know, surrounded by mothers with their daughters. Right. And I love that because, you know, young women don't know whose shoulders they stand on. Right. They don't know so much about Gloria Steinem. They should know more. And I think this play is really going to shed light on the women's movement in ways that, you know, and as Gloria said, Feminism is about equality. Yes. It's not That's just what people, for women. People don't know what the word means. It's equality. Yeah. For everyone. For everyone. Wait, can I just interrupt one second? Yes, please. This is something I've been thinking. And and it made my And when I saw Gloria a few weeks ago, it, it even made it even, ugh, but more valid in my head. You know, they're all, t- we're all talking about 2020 and you know, who's going to run and right. the democratic. And by the way, my doorman Fernando is running now as a joke anyway. So Pete Buttigieg, who is the mayor, um, who everyone loves, he's, he's got brilliant. it all brilliant. Huh? He's brilliant. He's, he's, Speaks you know, languages. And yeah. God and knows and plays, he's gay. Yeah. He's and gay. Married. Yeah. And he's getting a lot, a lot of, of play. What right. do you think? And I 
It cannot stop thinking that a gay white man, a gay white man is going to get more support than a woman. I mean, the the if there was a gay woman who was 37 and spoke seven languages and played the piano and had a partner, I just can't stop thinking about how it's time for us to have a woman lead this country. Well, I think I know in it, Mayor Pete's case, which yes. I'm calling him because yeah. I don't want to mispronounce his last mm-hmm. name. I think it's pretty fantastic. That I do he would too. Actually, rise to this place in such a short time. I'm split I because mean, I, I yeah. just think it's amazing because God knows we need someone with intelligence, right, and integrity, and integrity, and, yes. and who represents the best of humanity, right. not the worst. But I kind of wanted the first. But I hear your point. Yeah, I wanted the first. It's not over yet. Male first man to be the the husband of a, a woman, well, you know. It's, look, it's a long way to two twenty, a uh, twenty 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 twenty. Uh, 2020 that's right. Two twenty. That's the. Oh, it's not even two twenty. Oh, it is. <laughs> God. Okay. So you you have you see something. I okay. see something. So in various ways it happens. Kinky Boots was a film. Right. Um, uh, Gloria was the idea of writing a play about someone's magnificent life. Mm-hmm. So that comes. Let's call that from an idea. Um, in DC, yes. I actually saw at the Vineyard Theater and fell in love with it mm-hmm. and felt that it needed a larger stage more people to see it that was one of the best is this a vineyard right across the street from your thing yes on 15th street yeah it's a lovely nonprofit theater and they do great work yeah in fact i've done other things that have come from there long ago 1994 three tall women yes where it started oh that is such oh i love that and that began my producing career with liz mccann Mm -hmm. of the edward albee place right so that was a wonderful moment that that was such oh i love so also you can See a play that is in another city. Right. I often go and see things in other cities that start and maybe want to come to New York. Right. That's another way. Okay. Somebody doing a reading and putting up a presentation, they invite, you know, yeah, right. producers like myself to come. And if you like That's something, a standard sort of that's thing. That's a basic yeah. way. Um, I actually, personally, I love being able to either create something mm-hmm. or be sent a script directly from the playwright. Right. That... In the case of Maddie, for example, Maddie's play, I know Maddie. I knew what the story was. I Mm -hmm. was around when it happened in her life. And so I think she felt that I would be, you know, the nurturing mother that I hope I am to her. Because a one-person show, as you well know, is really difficult. And, you know, you don't have that community of other actors around you. You, you know, you have to reach inside yourself and find your strength. Yeah, it's very solitary. I mean, that's, I know, I know know because of stand up too. Yeah. It's very solitary. Okay. So so you have this. Those are some ways. All right. Step number two. Putting it together. uh, If you're starting at square one is, uh, finding a director and a creative team, um, and how much in, well, when does the money, when does the asking for money start? Is that before you put the creative team together? No, it's not because uh. usually you have to, um, as a producer, you have to really start the money train yourself. Right, right, right. You know, or you get other people who want to produce So you have to you. sort of give a prototype of a product yeah. before you. Money is spent, but it's not usually other people's money. Okay. Not as often. You have to find people that want to partner with you right from the beginning. And sometimes they, you know, if they can read a script or if they can go see a play in a nonprofit theater, that's 
easier. But if you're starting something from scratch, you need someone who's going to believe in it just like you do. And have you had at this process, the second part, part two, where you're putting the team together, have you had like fights and has it been, is it ever acrimonious? Like, no, no, no. The first person that is the top of the chain is the director that you choose to work with. And the director will usually surround herself or himself. I love herself. Herself. Yeah. With um, people that they have a comfort zone working with. I mean, sometimes it's a new relationship. Right. But hopefully it's a relationship that's compatible because they're being, you know, creative together. They have to collaborate. Right. You know, everyone says theater is a collaborative business. Well, it is. Right. So if you're not getting along with someone and it's not working. Have you you ever, has that ever happened in that process where you've had to say, listen, um, it's not working out. Mm. The discussions have been had, but I've never um, had to fire anybody. Right. Wow. Because I think once you're able to really communicate with somebody, right. and if, unless the director has a real reason that they cannot continue working with this person, that's a different right. story. Then, then I have to support that director's decision. Okay. okay. So then you do that. You put the team together. Put the team together. Then. Let's say if it's a play that needs a reading, you yeah. invite people to the reading. Right. And hopefully those people will help you uh, capitalize it. Okay. Then uh, you then, need a theater. Right. Well, and let's they, assume we've cast it. Cause all right, you've you cast that. it. And now you need to find, is this when the money asking you start, for money? You start with the money. With okay. So can we do a phone call? Please. All right. Ready? What do you mean? Like I, you're, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a produ- I like invest in, mm-hmm. uh, all right, ready? So I'm going to call you? Yes, yes. You're going to call me in. All right, ready? Judy Gold's office. Judy, hi. Oh, Daryl. Hi. How it's are you? Daryl calling. How are you? Good. How are you doing? How are the kids, grandkids? Everybody's great. That's Thank great. You so much. I'm so sorry about Kinky Boots, but I have to tell you, it was. What an experience. And yes, uh, you're doing you. amazing things. And I love Gloria. And thank I you. could just go on and on. So, yeah, what's doing? So I'm calling you because I have a new play that I'm going to produce. And I really think you might be very proud to be part of it. Hmm. It's a beautiful story. It's right. a woman's story. I hmm. know you like that. Yes. It's got a real good message. Right. Um, I hope to bring it to Broadway. Oh, wow. We're going to be doing some readings and mm-hmm. I'd love you to be part of it. Can I send you the play to read? Oh, that's so good. Cause you don't even wait for that. You don't even wait. Yeah. I'd love to read the play. Shall I email it or send it by post? Um, you know what? Yeah. Can you, uh, can you have one of your people bring it over to my office? Cause I'm very important. All right. So then, <laughs> all right. So then they read it. Then do you follow up or, Oh God, well, I can't I'll it's... follow up with a letter because I would, I'd like to uh, memorialize the fact that oh, smart. The many, many people have, you know, if I'm calling a lot of people, I need to know who's got right, the right, right. who I have to check in with later. Right. So I'll send a letter that thanks so much. I really appreciate your consideration. And, you know, when you've had a chance to read it, let's get together. God, you're good. Okay. So now you have the money. Well, let's jump ahead to that. Yes. Hopefully. Okay. Okay. So now you've called a bunch of people. Do you have favorites that you call? I wouldn't call them favorites, but there are certain people that I know are uh, connected to the kind of work I like right, to right. do. Right, so. right. And then do you have, um, do they ever, do you ever have people who've put in money and then they're supposed to not have anything to do with the creative that are like, you know, why is there a green lamp up there? You know, does that ever happen? Uh, in a different way. It yeah. can happen. And, you know, most of the time, once the, um, unless you're talking about 
your very own co-producer, which right. is someone that you have to be in contact with, like Hal Luftig was my co-producer on Kinky Boots. Right. But then there are many other people who are, quote, co-producers because right. they help capitalize. I know. It. Now, when you look, when you watch the Tonys or when you look in the playbill, it's like, nah, 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 nah. it's yeah. like 4,000 people. So now... You have was to know it, who oh, does it, the work, right? But is not. this new that it's like first producer, second producer? Is that a sort of a new thing now? That, well, that, there always is a lead producer, right. or let's call it the general partners. So the general partners, it might be one, two, three, right. and then everyone after that is a co-producer who is there for various reasons. Right. Hopefully, part of the capitalization they right, raise right, right. the main event. But do I need to read their stupid bios? And the, it's like ridiculous now. And they fight over where their name is on the poster. It's like, oh my God. Well, the names are usually listed by how much money they gave. Right, so of the course. First line it's like it's like, like the uh, Kol Nidre pledge in uh, synagogue. Or, you know, when you, ha- you walk into a synagogue and they have like the big the tree of life and then the biggest donors have the biggest thing, you know. Oh, that stuff annoys me. It's, All right. It does get a little bit much, but you know, it costs a lot of money to produce. I know, but and do money they is need very dear. the bios are ridiculous. Okay, so Okay, so now you've got the money and hopefully you have a theater booked because that's okay. one of the big issues right now. There are a lot of wonderful projects circling for the very few theaters that are available. I have a play that I'm hoping to do next season, not next season, next fall. Right. And I don't have a theater for it. Wow. Yet. So that's a very anxious is it, situation. Is there less, um, you know, especially like I know a lot of off-Broadway theaters have um, have closed. Uh, it, and that's are, very is there, cyclical. That's yeah, very cyclical. It is? Okay. So is there, you know. You know, the popularity of off-Broadway ebbs and flows. Right. So. Okay. So are we, what kind of period are we in? I think we're in a really wonderful period where there aren't enough theaters for all the off-Broadway plays that we'd like to be presenting. And and that's not a good place to be, but it is a good place to be. Does the political climate, I I mean, are there different, Mm. I I remember, you know, in the the mid nineties and late nineties when I, I I was a producer and writer on Rosie and she was such an advocate for theater. And I think she really helped. She did. And, uh, are there certain because I know in comedy there are certain political climates that are ripe for comedy. Are there certain political climates that are ripe for theater? I think that we can see the women's movement has had a big effect on yes. what we're seeing now. And and politics, yes. I mean, right now you have the Constitution, Heidi Schreck's right. play. Oh, I loved um, it. And certainly Gloria Steinem. Oh, certainly. only half Jewish. Let's uh, do that. And also uh, the Hillary Clinton, yeah. Hillary and Clinton play yeah. is out. And I think, yes, I think it does affect what people are seeing. I mean, we started Gloria three and a half years ago. Right. Started writing it, I mean. Right. So that was way before, you know, all of this Me Too and, and right. everything became so important and so so much of our focus. And out, you know, and talk, you know, and the news finally talking about. Yeah. So you find the theater. You have the theater. You have the cast. You have the money. Um, you need an advertising agency. You, you have a press a- agent. Press agent. Advertising agency. Marketing. A marketing person. And social media now is a big part uh, of that. Yes. Okay. And so that's a person who makes sure it's always on Instagram, always on. And sometimes you know. that is out of the advertising department or the marketing department. Okay. Or sometimes it's a specialty. Okay. It depends how, how so, much money you have actually, because some of the productions that we do off Broadway, they don't have a big enough budget to hire special right. people. So everybody 
kind of rolls up their sleeves. So and does I their have heard media. that you always have your car, you know, your, the shows that you're doing, you hand out cards wherever you go. I, I love do. that. <laughs> it embarrasses my children, but so what? Too bad. Too bad. Um, I do. I've done that forever. People used to see me in the morning when I'd walk my dog, I would have a stack of cards. Right. And if there were, you know, like a street of townhouses and their newspapers yeah. were out because it was really early, I'd put some of the advertising cards uh, inside the newspapers? Inside the newspaper. That's great. And I've been caught a couple of times when the early birds open their door and there I am stuffing up right. a flyer so in their funny. newspaper. And you're like, oh, my dog just pooped here. Sorry. Um, okay. So... Uh, and people don't realize advertising and marketing are two different things. They are. They're often done in tandem because right. everybody's working toward the same goal. Right. And uh, But yes, they're two different interesting ways of letting people know about your show. And you, as a producer, have the input of, I don't like this poster. I like that poster. I, you know. Well, that would be a logo or an right, ad. Right, right, Yeah. Hey, everyone. You know. One of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay. Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50 to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Okay, so now you have the theater, you have you've hired all these people. Like I really everybody's working. Right. Now you get the crew. Now does the crew come with the theater? Yes and yes. 
some people work with the theater. Right. And other people you bring in under your uh, stage management right. team. Your general management team is right. all part of. That's another thing, general management. Usually you start very early with the general manager because right. they are the producer's right hand. Right. So they're drawing all the contracts for everybody. Right. And, and they're negotiating. Really doing all the negotiating. And, and then, oh, by the the financials. Right. And now we're not even talking about the actors and their representation that, you know, well, we that, have to do that, of yeah, course. They, they, management. You, management has to Make negotiate all. And if the there's contracts. a problem or someone's sick or, you know, anything, you know. Well, that usually comes right to the management and producing. Office, right. Which is which Darryl is Roth. Roth. No, And the management team. Yeah. Depending. So on Kinky Boots, when it's a big musical, you know, you really need a, a village. Right. You know, if it's something smaller, like, um, you know, Maddie's one person show, we right. can manage that in house. Right. We do. So then you have to hire lighting. Um, well, those designers, design, already, all those designers. Okay. On. So that's in the original thing. Okay. Now you've got it all. Um, how do you bo- say you ready to open? Well, no, cause ha- don't, how do you figure out, okay, we're going to run from blank to blank or we have an, is it, is it based on finances? Like we have enough money to run from no. blank to blank. Well, it can come down to that. Right. Usually, you know, if you're going to produce an open ended run. Right. Or if you're doing a limited engagement. Right. And then you advertise it as such. So people know they have that period right. of time to come. Um, so it depends. You might be doing a play with a big star and they only have, you know, 12 weeks. So, right. Right. You know how long. But that so varies. Sometimes when you when producers will say limited engagement. Do they do that as a marketing thing and know that they have like four weeks that they could play with? Sometimes um, a play will extend, but right. you often don't know that from day right, one. Right, right, right. You don't know if have the you, demand will be there. If you have a show like and it's like set for, you know, 12 weeks. OK. Right. And you have another show coming in in 14 weeks uh, or as a theater owner, do you mean or as a producer of the play? Um. Oh, good question. Because uh, I have as to- a producer, you have a show and you got a theater, and it's supposed to run for a certain amount of time. You're out, and a new show's coming in, and this show is doing amazing, 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 and they don't know how the next show's going to do. Do you ever have to push those well, people usually back? Usually, there's a contract. If there's right. A- but most times, unless you really know that it's a limited engagement, you have an open-ended run. Right. So the theater owner really can't ask you to leave. Right. And they'll take what's it's called like a backup. Yeah. Well, they'll take a backup deal. And so there'll be plenty of time to know when play number one right, is right. going to end and play number two can load in. And open-ended is sort of a blessing and a curse for, for an actor, I think, because it's like... Well, it's... You don't know. You can't book stuff because you don't know how long. But you know if a play is not doing well. Right. Or a of musical, course. Of course. You know that the end is in sight. Right. So people. Kind you, of make if you could hear the stuff that goes on in in from the cast when when everyone kind of knows it's like, no, I heard that we're going to No, I heard she got me. It's like this. Like the, it's so unbelievable that. Well, it's their life. Yeah, you know? it's, it's their it's livelihood. A, it's yeah. very, it's very important for everybody to know how to plan their right, lives. Right. I mean, when we decided that Kinky Boots would end in April, and it was my wish that we would go to April because we opened in April, and oh, I wanted to right. really make another full year happen. Yeah. I wanted to give my cast enough time to plan their lives, and right. we gave them six months' notice. Wow, which is that's unheard a nice of thing to do. Yeah, because I. These people have been with me forever. I know. You know, and, and even those that are newer to it, I wanted them to feel that they'd be taken care right, of. Right, right. I mean, 
And that could take us to the indecent story. Right. I can't wait to get, I have that. So now you've got everything. Um, you go into rehearsal, right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people don't know that there's this thing called tech. So you're in rehearsal and a lot of times you rehearse in a rehearsal place. You don't right. get into the theater. No, you get and, into the theater for tech. Right. A- until tech and tech is literally people. Y- every moment in the play is lit. The sound props, everything. So it could be three words. And you have to stop and make sure it works. And you have to stand there and make sure the lighting is correct. And it is very tiresome for people. It goes, what's the most that you, you can do in a day for tech? 12, I think 12 hours. So you literally 10 out of 12. Yeah. So you literally I'm not st- sure I'm right. You better check. All right. That. Well, we'll look on equity. Um, is it 10 out of 12? It is. Um, Laura's Laura. Um, so if you like, I'm trying to, these people who don't know any, it's literally like you're doing, uh, it's a, it's a difficult, it's intense, un- right. Tiresome. And you're like, hi, uh, when did you get here? I really wanted to see you stop. No, that doesn't happen. No, no. I'm saying in, in tech, it's like, okay, oh. cut. All right. Stay. Oh. I you, see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Because every moment has to be right. Every single moment, ladies and gentlemen, every there is a different light. Right. There's all right. All the cues have to be done, especially in if you have something with projections. Everything right. has to coordinate. Yes. Right. It has to be perfect. And there's an entire crew. This goes back to you being a young child and saying, wait, how did they do that? How? And then people there's people for everything. There's people to put it your costumes on. Me. I know. It amazes me. It's unbelievable. It and I look at these people. I'm like, wait, you're going to make sure I'm in my costume and th- 14 other people are in their costumes and their wigs are right. And they're duh, 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 And it's you can't imagine what goes on backstage. And that's why I have such regard, such high regard and such respect for everybody in a company. It's right. not just the people on stage. It's right. everybody that makes it all work like clockwork. I mean, the electricians and and the props people right. and the costumes and the hair and everybody has such a vital role. Right. And that's why when you have a long run, you become so connected to these right, people right. in their lives. I know this is the thing that I've had to explain to Elisa because she's I'll see someone I haven't seen in like eight years. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love you so much. How are you? And she doesn't realize that like, OK, I haven't seen this person, but I had, you know, four months of like. A they knew every, yes, everything about my life, every, you know, I knew it, you know, no. and that it's like, it's this sort of, and we're naked in front of each other. And, you know, it's, it's a family. That's right. why I say it's a family yeah. because it becomes, it becomes your family for right. that length of time. And, and, you know, the, the best of times is when you remember those experiences as being so good. Right. I mean, you know, from love, loss and what. Oh I my God. I, everybody still talks about, I can't, I loved that was a great experience. Oh my for god! It was un yeah. But and I hate clothes. I hate. I just. I had the worst time shop. I loved doing that show. Well, it was so much and working more with the that. Jane Howdy shell and uh, Shirley Knight. I couldn't believe the people yeah. I was sharing a stage with. I had to pinch myself. Um, but that's how those relationships are formed, right? And they're and they last. they're lasting. They last forever. Okay, so you then have an opening night. Well, first you do previews, and during previews, every every after every show, there's notes, right? Yes. Like yes, because each time 
you know, there's a lot to to work on. Still, right. you're out of tech and you're with an audience, but you know, everything has to be refined right. and perfected, and and all the disciplines are there at the end right. of the show to discuss and take notes, and and uh, the process continues right, right up till opening night, and then uh, once it's opening. That's it. You can't change anything, right? You can't take anything Pretty out much. of the script. You no. can't. You can't improvise. You can't. You know, it's you say done. That it's frozen, right? Frozen. Yeah. Um, you have a big opening night party. Everything's great. Photographers, I mean, amazing. Then usually the next day they're off. Is that usually right? Yes. Uh, so usually so have an opening have a on a off. Monday or yeah, and they have a day off, and then the run starts, and it's all. Well, you forgot to mention that the oh. reviews come out. Oh, right. And that's then, a biggie. Yeah, that is. Have. have you know, the hardest thing is when yeah. you know you have something wonderful and beautiful and the critics don't get it. What? And it, that's such a heartbreak. It's also like. How are they? Like, what makes you a critic? Like, who the hell are you? It's so subjective. It is, but you would hope that the critics are well-schooled in the landscape of theater over many right. years, so they can actually write something that's intelligent and has meaning and, and, and that they can be empathetic with what's going on. They right. don't have to like everything. Nobody's going to like everything. Right. But you would hope that the critiques would come with an understanding or a, a kindness or, you know, not pettiness. Right. I mean, no one can say that every critic is going to like everything you do. And that's fair enough. That's an opinion. Right. That's right. Right. Critique is an opinion. Right. But, the but heart, they do make or break. And that the fact that can, they have, the play. yeah. And the fact that they have so much power is so it's always been that way. I know. I just, you know, look, I look at some comics and I'm like, I don't think I don't laugh at you. I don't think right. you're f- that. I, I see why I see what the audience likes about you. Um, so well, if you don't, kind of it's humor. not my thing, but sometimes they don't separate that. That's right. And it's, I don't know, I guess what's, what's so hard is when you're the producer of a play that doesn't get a good review, your, your heart hurts for everybody right. that works so hard and, and gave it their best and tried to make their best work happen. And then right. somebody will come along and not acknowledge that. And that makes me just has, so sad. Has there ever been a time where something was panned? In in the times and survived. Yes. Yes. Certainly it's happened with musicals. More right. Than right. Plays, I would say um, <clears throat> because audiences are very forgiving if they're having a great time at a musical, you know. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Having a great time. And Especially that's all that jukebox matters. musicals. Yeah. What about it's harder on a play? You um, the actors never know when there are critics in the audience, correct? Well, they know there's a couple of days right before opening. That right. Will be Previous. Press, yeah. There'll be press days and they don't usually don't want to know who's in the audience right. at any given time. So they'll know, let's say that these four days we've invited the press and that's the best you can. Has do. a critic ever affected an actor's success? Uh, 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 you know, I think a, a really great rave review can can build up a person's right. uh, career for sure and destroy it too. It's, do they have that much power? Um, it's hard to right. say because you know one play is different than the next play and the next. But I, you can certainly become a star from a great rave review. Right now, do you when the when the press is coming, are you there? I like to be there so that I can see the show that they're going to review. Right, and then. 
does does something is it ever like something happens and you're like oh god no I can't believe sometimes things happen but nobody would really know that unless you're right. working on the show like a missed cue or right. a line that is is you know misread I think that unless something horrible happens like you know something falls out of the right sky. right right did you, do you ever greet them or no. No, no, no never talk to them no wow no. are you friends with any critics. You know, I, I like you I, wouldn't have dinner with them or I'm not particularly friendly right. with critics. I'm friendly with some of the people that cover theater. Right, right, right. But not necessarily the critics. God, what a job. It's better to keep, you know. Yeah, to keep your distance and farmers and the cowboys. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's so interesting. Um, I'm sure there are many producers who are friendly with critics. I just am not. Right. I think that's a good boundary to keep. I feel that way. Oh, you're so incredible. All right. Um, okay, so now the show is on and we've all right. So that, ladies and gentlemen, ding 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 is a summary of how many people are involved and how and why why do you think tick I mean, I know why ticket prices are high, but do you think that the fact that ticket prices have gotten so, you know, unaffordable because as as you've explained, all that goes into it um, has sort of made theater for the the wealthy or the privileged or the, you know. Here's the good news. It's a big challenge. Right. It's a big challenge to be able to figure out ways to make tickets more affordable and to get young people, especially into the audience. Or right. Like, I like to say young people and old people. Right. Because when, you know, incomes are dwindling, it's just as important as when you're young and you don't have right. the money. Right. Um, so my challenge, and hopefully other people in the theater industry are thinking this way too, is how can we make this better? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it requires an initiative. Like on Gloria, we had the Hopeaholics. Oh, I love the Hopeaholics. So the Hopeaholics are, first of all, it's Gloria's favorite word. Right. That's why we took the name. And it was a way of my sort of doing a public private partnership. So I would go out and ask people who I knew could afford to underwrite tickets for students to do so as Hopeaholics. Right. And in that program, we served over 3000 school kids. Oh my God. Really? Yes. Yes. From all over the country? No, no. Just from the the tri-state area. So they could get to the theater. Right, right. And there are other projects that we do that underwrite tickets or somehow figure out how to make tickets more affordable. Right. Now, every e-blast that any producer does has a discounted right, ticket. Right, right. Certainly, previews are a good time to see a new show because right. the tickets will be less. Um, there are so many theater sites. People just need to know how to navigate Oh, yeah. Them there's a bunch. To be able to get, like, today's ticks. And, right. And there, there and you are can go, ways. I mean, and you TKTS and, exactly. you know. So and that ways. day of when, when someone's like, oh, I'm sick, I can't go. And there's, you know, an extra ticket. Well, or And you can often go to the box office and, and pay a regular box office price, but not have any extras. Right. So I it's a problem, though. I'm not dismissing. Yeah. It. I'm just yeah. Trying. To I just. Say, yeah. That you do things to try to try. offset that. You know, I love my liquid IV that I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben, my son Ben, who plays basketball. His team... 
his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the the, uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! Indecent. Which was, uh, I, I can't, I don't even, there's no words. Okay. Indecent was about to close. Three days before, was it three days before they were about to yeah. close? But Which, we should start with the fact that Indecent was one of the most magnificent plays I uh, ever, uh, ever, ever produced. No, ever. I I can't. I Did you see it, Laura? It, yeah. you do I can't, there's no, I, it's un. It is, it's almost like, indescribable. And it's also, you. it's one of those shows you you sit in your seat for like 20 minutes afterward like you don't want to leave the theater well, you just want it to come right. over you yeah but the fact that it is indescribable was actually the problem it was very hard to describe to people what was this play right yes it had a holocaust component yes it had a lesbian component right yes it had a theater story component yes it was of another time right all those things blended together to make one of the most magnificent, I think, plays oh, ever written. Beyond. Paula Vogel oh. wrote it and Rebecca Tashman actually directed it. Right. With such with such thought and beauty and relevance. Right. It was great. But it was hard to describe to people because right. it got distilled down to, oh, it's a Holocaust play. It must be so depressing. Oh, shut up. So it was very hard Yeah. To, and everyone needs that one little you need log a little line. Bit of a sound yeah. It was hard. So the fact that it was difficult to tell people what it was left us to rely on word of mouth, which right. by the way was magnificent. Right. But took a long time right. to get that stone rolling. So you were about to close. So business was not good, let's right. just say. As much as people who got there appreciated it, not enough people got there. Right. So we were financially doing not well at all. Right. And I so believed in the play, but there was a point where I had to be responsible in a fiduciary way right. to other people's money. And so we put up a closing notice 
Which means that you're giving the actors two weeks to, right. I mean, two weeks is the, you know, minimum decent. Right? Some oh. people put it up and you have a week, which I think oh, is just horrible. cruel. So I put up the closing notice. And from that moment on, I really made myself sick. I couldn't sleep. I was so distraught. Oh, I was crying all the time because oh. I just couldn't, I couldn't believe that this play right. wouldn't find its, find its way. Right. You know? So one night when I was being really sad, yeah. I said to my husband, I can't deal with this. And he said, what's the problem here? And I said, the problem is I don't want to close this show and yet right. it's not doing well and right. it's not, you know, people aren't coming and they don't understand it. And he said, okay, you made some money on kinky boots. Why don't you take some of your profits and just keep the show running? It's only about money, right? Because he's very right. able to distill everything. Right, to right. It. And he's not emotionally money. involved. Right. Exactly. I said, you know, that's what I'm going to do because I can't live with myself. Right. I don't want to close this. Right. So I went to the theater. It was already the night. And I went to the call board and I took down the closing notice. I was by myself. And then all of a sudden people like came out of their <laughs> dressing rooms and saw this crazy person right. ripping up the, the thing. And it got to be this fabulous right. moment that I certainly felt lifted. And somebody captured a bit of it on their phone. And it <laughs> so people saw right. me being a crazy person right. ripping up the thing. And somehow it got into the newspapers and some of the theater sites picked it up. And from that moment, from that moment, the play was sold out. It's like. It's crazy. It's, it's like, crazy. Yeah. Everyone thought, oh, my God, I better go see this play. Right. But it takes me back to a comment that you made. There was a show booked and coming in right after us because oh, we wow. had given notice right. that we were leaving. So we only had that six weeks to continue. Oh, we do you think it would have gone longer? Oh, totally. But what it did for us is remarkable. Right. A, those extra weeks gave us a chance to get it filmed. Broadway HD <gasps> filmed it. That's awesome. That then you can see those at the Lincoln Center Library. Oh no, you can actually go on broad yes for one Oh of wow. Them. I used to always more. go to the No, no, you can, but this is something else. Broadway HD is an actual filming with six cameras in a magazine. That's amazing. So Broadway HD you can see it. What it also did was allow people from regional theaters to get into the city to see it so that they could do they it. They could book it, yeah. They could do it. And now it's right now we're in rehearsal for a production that's going to the Huntington in Boston. Oh, what a great theater. And then it's going to uh, CTG in Los Angeles. Oh, that's awesome. And it's being done all around the country. I don't think that would have happened if we didn't have that extension. Isn't that unbelievable that so one so little video and, and story. Well, just the fact that yeah. somebody said, oh, well, well maybe she's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that story. I know. I love that story, too, because it proved something to me and to other people, I hope, that going back to our initial thought, you've got to go with your gut. Right. I knew it was the wrong thing to close. I couldn't, I couldn't let it happen. Right. And I was willing to take the risk. I mean, people have to be willing to say, okay, I may right. lose six weeks of money, but I still, I feel I can do it. And luckily I was in the position that I did have some shekels from Pinky right. Boots. <laughs> and I didn't have to use them. That's and the did, when part. you did, you call the producer. Like, did you have to call the producers before you did it, or did you just run over there? And... No, I just did it. God damn it! I love that story. That but is the they best. They were happy. I did. Oh, I'm sure they were happy. God, I did. that show is. If it comes near you, I'm not kidding. It, you have to. You have to see it. Yeah. All right. Oh boy, we're late. Um, I don't care. I could talk to you. I could talk to you. It's a fun time to talk to you. I'm uh, enjoying myself. Oh, good. See, and you didn't Thank even need you. your notes. I just wanted to have them in case you asked me an important question and I needed a real answer. 
Oh, please. As opposed to just schmoozing, which I love. Doing. I know, because I just want everyone to know you. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention that I find fascinating about you is that you became a producer. Um, and at the time, you were dismissed and excluded, you know, because of your inexperience and probably because you're a woman. But you are a, such a hugely successful producer, and you say you have no mentors. There was no one that taught you. There's no one. I mean, you've become mentor, mentor, mentor. But that that is amazing. Well, it has an upside mm-hmm. um, in the in the sense that you know we all have to learn things on our own, right? In a way, and we have to trust our our own instincts, and we have to mm-hmm. trust our judgment. So the fact that I didn't really have a mentor as such, I think. You know, I always like to look at the bright side. Right. Um, I had to sort of jump into it. I know you're it. so positive. I can't take it. I wish I had that. Um, what advice would you give to a a young female producer, young female director? Mm-hmm. Uh, what What would you tell them? I would say a few things. First, I would say try not to be afraid to fail because failure is part of many things in life, Mm -hmm. but it is certainly a part of producing theater. Right. So don't be afraid of that and don't worry about it because it will happen. So take it as it comes and get on to the next. I would say be brave in your choices. I would say in my case, it's important to me. And if it's important to who's ever listening, only do work that resonates with you. Don't do it because you think somebody else is going to like it. Uh And don't do it because of reasons that are not organically true to who you are. Right. So I guess that's a long winded way of saying, be truthful to your own beliefs. And also if you have an opportunity to really facilitate people's work, decide whose work you want to help happen. Oh, that's you know, good. Do you want to help women? Do you want to help, right. you know, whoever it is, the marginalized. Yeah. Whoever it is. Um, be true to that. Right. You know, try to make a little mission for yourself, right. a little mission statement. Right. And if you can stick to that and and go forward with some goals in your mind, I think that's I think that's helpful because we're all tempted to do a lot of different things, you know, as a producer or someone who has come to you to get involved. You're flattered that somebody comes to you right, and says, right, would right. you like to be part of this right. production or would you like to, you know, right. do this and do that? You're flattered. But think clearly if it's going to do something that when you look back on your career makes a difference. Right. Or fits into the quilt that you're trying you, to make for yourself. Theater really can change the world. I believe that. Yeah. I totally believe that. Same. And I think that it's a guiding light for people mm-hmm. that they kind of think about that. Right. You know, and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you know go off the path and find something that might be atypical right? Um, or something exciting and, and thrilling to you for whatever the reason is. You should do that because you never know how that's going right. to fit into the bigger picture. Um, but when people ask me, I like to say, maybe keep in mind the fact that when you look back on your career, you're going to feel proud of yourself. Right. Yeah. Integrity. Yeah. Integrity. That's Dignity. a good word. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So, um, I'm pr- I'm so happy you're going to be on the board of the Kennedy Center. Oh, that thank is you. Because I thank you. I mean, I, I don't even want to mention. Well, I'm just happy. That, are you? Do you all have to meet in a room and stuff? Yes, and I with think Mike be, Huckabee. I know, uh, it's crazy, isn't it? Oh, 
But the good news is I'm going to be there. Right. And that that was the only like I was like, thank God. Thank you. Thank you. God. Actually, people don't realize the Kennedy Center board is based on the philosophies and and the cultural um, uh, approvals and the cultural expansive minds of John F. Kennedy. Right. That's the president that we are. Uh, acknowledging right. by being on the board of this Kennedy right. Center. My my wish is to be able to, you know, be of service. They have right. an amazing educational outreach across this entire right. country that brings theater to people all over. Yeah. It's it is based in Washington, but the programs are all over the country. Right. And for me that's very exciting because, you know, I'm always trying I to know. I was just like, what a audiences. good, that was such a good. So I hope I'll be on that committee. Yes. And then I have already nominated a few people for the awards. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I'm not saying they'll be the ones chosen. Right, right, right. But I'm happy that I'm going to have a voice. And I, I feel that the Kennedy Center is a cultural arts center. Right. It's not political. It is right. not a political organization. Right. It's a cultural organization. I get it. And so I, you know, people that say, oh, Daryl, how could you? I said, who would say that? Oh, some people have said that to me. Oh, I hate people but you know sometimes. What? The good that they do, and hopefully I can be of service in helping that good happen, mm-hmm. is why I said I would be honored. Right. I am honored. Good. Um, I'm going to, can I go there and give Mike Huckabee the finger? I can't. He's so awful. He's such an, all right, we won't talk we about We won't talk it. about that. We're all having right. such a good time. I also want to say. The, another reason I love you more than anything is that you have a tissue inside of your sleeve. <laughs> That's so Which old-fashioned. Which is the, so Jewy. My mother, my grandmother. It is. I always Can you take that. a picture of the. Oh, please. Um, please don't. I love it. It's so like, I just want to go home with you. <laughs> Okay, so there's two, two questions I ask all my guests. Those are the two? No. Oh. I haven't even gotten that. No. Oh, I thought those were the two. No. Okay, ready? Ready. I think I, well, the answer that I, so as I'm very pro LGBTQ or S-T-U-V-W-X-Y-Z and, and you know, but, but I'm also, it, we promote mental health. Um, I suffer from depression and I have anxiety and um we 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 ask every guest if they've ever been on any sort of antidepressant so that um absolutely yes you have i thought it was going to be no i thought it was going to be no. no i have a a real fear of flying wow and Adivan is my friend when i, I love Adivan. yeah Addie's good That's, i like i mean i i really have to say that i am so fearful of flying right and I, I haven't figured out exactly why, because I've not been in a scary situation, but it's just something that did you know anxiety. that right. So I when I first started doing stand up, I was so afraid to fly, like like paralyzing, like anytime there's a thing, I'm like, oh, my God, we're dying, you know, me too. And I took I mean, this is years and years ago. I took a fear of flying class and it was cassettes. It was like eight cassettes and a book. And it did it help. Oh, my God. So much. Really? Yeah. I have no fear of flying anymore. Yeah. I took this little that's course. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm happy with my Ativan. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's perfect. Okay. And what other things do you do to keep your mental health? Uh, I love to walk with my dog. Yeah. Outside. I find yes. that extremely helpful for clearing my brain and, and just feeling connected to mm-hmm. nature. Right. That's a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, you know, if I can walk on a beach or if I can walk in the park. That's really, right. I think, where I find peace. I know. I feel like I have sad, you know, seasonal 
affective disorder because I am so much different in the summer when I am at the, like I swim every day. I play tennis every day, you know, and now I realize why people move to Florida. But also there are ways you can try to bring those summer activities into your life all year round. Yeah. Like I ride my bike everywhere and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So this. Um, as you know, the the name of the podcast is Kill Me Now because I always are like I, people get on my nerves. So I'm like, I just all right. So we always ask, and I I don't even know what the answer of this is going to be because you're so calm and good. And but what pisses you off more than it? Like what makes you so angry? Where you're just and it could be anything. It could be you know we do the mundane to the you know. I mean I. I'm trying to think about what really pisses me. Okay, I'll tell you something that happened to me yesterday that I real so I'm at the 92nd Street Y and I'm doing this talk for this Jewy convention, okay? <laughs> and I'm walking out and the there's a and first of all, this whole there was a security guard. I used to do talks there all the time until someone took over and hasn't booked me and it's not Susan Engel from the 92nd. Anyway, so I used to be the do their funny people series and everything. So I know a lot of the people there. So one of the security guards is like, Judy, are you doing? And then he starts talking to me and it was so sad. He was telling me they have a, um, a room that they can, uh, go into in case of, uh, someone coming in and sh- an a- in case of an active shooter where they can, oh and, and, and he was, you know, we pressed this. It was, it was so sad that, that they had to, like, there's a whole new way of walking. Dogs yeah. When you walk into the it, Y now, it's too. unbelievable. And the JCC. Yeah. All right. So I'm talking to him and I was like, all right, great seeing you. I hope to see you soon. And I'm walking out the door. Okay. And I'm like one step out. And this person is coming in and just moves right past me, like doesn't even like like you're supposed to like do people realize you're supposed to let people out of the building before you walk in or even perhaps hold the door. open? Oh, my God. So I was like in shock, you know, Jew. And I said, you know, that was really rude. And she didn't care because they're always on their phones. Like, I can't take it anymore. All right. So that was that's so that was my, yours. my kill me. Well, I'm thinking about this and this may not be such a horrific thing, but what really annoys me and bothers me and yeah, maybe really pisses me off. Yeah. Is when people are rude to a person in front of other people. Oh, when people berate someone mm-hmm. in front of other people, that makes me angry and I right away that person has a check by their name, right? Not for me. But, I hate that. You know, and they do it not in a nice way. Right? If they want to take someone aside and say something privately to them, but you don't. But they don't have power in front of other people. If they do it silently, yeah, it's a power it's play. It's like look, look, I'm the ball. Everyone needs to know. It's that I've worked on TV shows where that has happened, mm-hmm. um, and it's. It's the insecurity that a person needs an audience. There are ways. And right. I, under, I understand why people do it. But what hurts me the most is feeling so badly for the person who just right. got screamed at right. in front of other like, people. Like to be humiliated. How horrible yeah. is that? How horrible? And who has the right to do that? Right. Nobody. Right. That pisses me off. Don't get me started. Oh, I love you. But you did. Um, Daryl, I, I can't thank you enough. This was. such a good time. You did? I did. I oh, I, I love. love oh, and you did. I love. Uh, 
I I can't. What if I you have a guest that's not Jewish? They don't get too many bells. No, I've had some without. Yeah, where there was like very few bells. You know, it was like you know they oh then I moved to Brooklyn that was like the only you know <laughs> and I liked to be yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you so much. Thank what you for what can me? people uh, listeners if they're coming into the city or going what what shows? Well, you- we talked about indecent. If you keep right. an eye out around the country and keep an eye out for the tour of kinky boots. Right. And right now, uh, the beginnings of Gloria going out on the road. Yes. So if you're in California or if I'm sorry, if you're in Princeton or in Boston, right. those will be the first two. Patricia Callenberg is amazing. She's great. And She's the, great. I saw a photo where Gloria was at the show and Patricia Callenberg was sitting, sitting down. Yeah. And I was, they're like identical. I know. And right. Christine Lottie, who played the yeah. part originally, she yeah. looks very much like yeah. Gloria too. And then if you're in New York and you're interested in seeing a really beautiful, heartfelt play, come see Accidentally, Accidentally Brave. Brave. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie. Which is it's amazing. Quite special. Um, and the Daryl Roth Theater is on 15th Street by Union Square. And there's two theaters there, mm-hmm. the DR2. That's that's the one where Maddie's playing. Yes, I love that. That's a cozy 99-seat yes. theater. I did, I did the Judy show. My life is to come there. I love that theater. We love having you. Uh, thank you. And um, you are, is that it? Did you think of any other? No, I don't know. New things to come next season, but maybe I could come back and we can talk about yes, it. Yes, I would love that. I would um, love it too. Thank you, Daryl. You are, ladies and gentlemen, just, Daryl, are you on social? Yeah, you're on Instagram, Daryl Roth. I am. Um, you're the best. Thank. I love you. You're very sweet. You are that. always, you. you have, you're so classy. Like you're the classiest person. Always a thank you note. Thank like you. so, I can't even describe what a human, like, all right, I'm going overboard. Um, so thank you all for listening. And as we always say, so long. And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long.